Welcome to Brian Me. Uh, rewind. <laughs> Brian Caves, do you do you have a tan? You're looking you're looking a little a little darker than usual. You look like you just went to Florida. Well, um, he doesn't yeah. have a tan, by the way. There's no tan yeah, at no, all. That I'm, was I'm, the best I could think of for your trip. How was Florida? You got to see family. How was Florida? Florida was awesome. Um, yeah. We went down, uh, went down for Thanksgiving, mm. um, hung out at my aunt and uncle's house on the river, the Swanee River, which was cool, except for the fact that we were eaten up by bugs. Mm. Um, so my bugs arms don't sleep there. Bugs are bugs are asleep or dead. In Ohio now, in Florida they're not. Sleeping. In Florida they're still uh, plenty active. Um, I didn't put a jacket on the whole time we were in Florida, which was nice. Um, but yeah, we ate outside. Sat and they have a house right on the river. I sent you and uh, our good buddy Elijah some uh, some photos of of kind of their their back set up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that was really cool. And then got to you know hang out a lot with my dad, who I hadn't seen since before the pandemic. How's Mike doing? Um, Mike's doing good. Mike's doing real good. So shout out to Mike. Good yeah. friends. Good friends of the pod. Got to hang out with uh, with Mike Caves there for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we drove back. Um, South state of South Carolina sucks. <laughs> by the way, um, that should it, that state should be removed from the union. You haven't driven through Alabama, I take it. Um, not since I was a kid, and I wasn't the one driving. Alabama um, is the worst. I've dri- no Alabama. We will fight all day. We can have a whole podcast episode about how awful driving through the state of Alabama is. And I'm not just trying to go after Frank Barber. It's legitimately, I have legitimate issues with having to have driven through Alabama. Um, But anyway. But the issues with South Carolina were more so the fact that um, I-95 in Georgia is three lanes in either direction. In North Carolina, I-95 is three lanes in either direction. In South Carolina, it's only two lanes in either direction. Yeah. Uh, and when you're dealing with uh, holiday weekend traffic, not, not fun. Um, so, yeah, but we got to my brother-in-law's in South Carolina, had a fire. We had Thanksgiving two electric boogaloo. Um, just ate till we were miserable and then ate a bunch of oysters after that. Um, and we got a whole bushel of oysters for like six people. Way too many oysters. Alyssa and I have been eating oysters for like the past three days at home. Is that an aphrodisiac? Um, that's what hey. they say. Hey, Bryant. Bryant me after dark. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're married. I know everything about that. Unfortunately, I'm the perfect anti-aphrodisiac. <laughs> they just cancel each other out. So, <laughs> so it's, 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 you know. But, uh, uh, but no, we had a we had a real good time. It was uh, it was nice to get to uh, get to see our fam and everything. But we are exhausted at the same time from traveling and and moving, moved yeah. the previous week and everything else. Um, so how about you? How was uh how was your time in Canton? And what what uh, raise the roof for Canton? I um well after we last potted, that was a pretty busy week. I went and I saw Jeff Rosenstock. If you're into punk punk rock music if you're into well he didn't do a ska show but he also does he has a history with the ska musics and all that stuff too um i saw him for the first time in 15 years i have never seen him live before which is my own detriment i was broke whenever i was last you know listening to him a ton before i had kids but then i you know 
had kids and got broker. Um, so no, I went up there with our pal from that strange Ryan leg and we were in the top 5% of oldest people at the concert, which Jeff Rodenstock himself is 39 years old. So it's not like we're listening to some young hip music. It's just, he has a very, I guess, young demographic as my wife told me, which made me feel great is that um, people outgrow listening to him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, but I am a fine paying uh, patron of Mr. Rosenstock. So I, uh, I took that to, to heart, but that's okay. She's hurt me emotionally more ways than this podcast has time to go over, but we, uh, I love her very much. Everything that she has given to me, I've probably sent back twice as much. I've given her twice as much grief as she's given me um, over our 15 years together. Christ, 15 years. Um, so no, the, the concert was fantastic. I went with Ryan. He's an old hardcore kid and he, um, we were before we're like, we're not going to get into the pit. We're just going to stand in the back. We're going to drink our beers, drink our drinks and just hang out and enjoy the show. We're not going to get into it. And we got there. And after the openers, two openers played, he's like, you want to move closer? I was like, yeah, I do. And then we got like right up to like, we were right in front of a speaker. Like I had that old fashioned sound of going to old punk show and like my ear rang after the concert and I loved nice. it so much. I was like, Oh, this is, I feel like I'm like 20 years old again. It, and it took ugh. at least a year off of your uh, hearing. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. I, I heard it for sure. Um, but I listened to like, I'm, I'm driving a Toyota Sienna and I will turn the music up to stupid, stupid levels. Like there's no reason I should be bumping in a Toyota Sienna, but I do. Uh, but we're close to the pit now. And Ryan's like, I got to go in. And that old hardcore, he's like, I'm going in. And he's like, he gave me the shirt that he bought. He bought it only 20 bucks for a concert shirt. I got two shirts actually. Cause usually it's like 30, 35 bucks. Oh, so easily. Bought, yeah. So I bought two shirts from, cause he, everything he does is like DIY. He doesn't have like, he doesn't owe a record label stuff. He does all, he, he releases his music mostly on his own. He uses a smaller label to like, distribute and they get a cut of it but you can listen to all of his music for free and it's pretty cool but it was a awesome show i didn't get into the pit i was pit adjacent and i still hurt um, a couple days later so god if i would have went into the pit that would have been ugly i would have been like amy you're 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 a single parent for a couple days but uh so that was good went to the episode championship we'll cover that in great detail after the pre-intro is done. We're in our pre-intro right now. Um, we drove to Canton twice in a week. Um, one time to see a new slash old family member. Long story. And then um, we also went up on Thanksgiving where we went to three different houses. Went to my mama's, wow. Mama Costello. We went to uh, Amy's parents. And then we went to uh, Ryan's house, actually. Allie and Ryan. We went to their house for a little, you know playing games kids chilled out and relaxed a little bit but it was just it's tiring it's exhausting and then yesterday yesterday we're recording this tuesday monday the 29th was my birthday which is always like a as an adult we were texting about it a little bit earlier today and like my wife she's amazing she got me a cool ted lasso mug um that says wanker on it which you don't understand because you don't watch ted lasso um but you get the reference. You get wanker, though. You get the term that they use. A, I understand a, a wanker, yes. You could probably context clues, figure out why they call them that. And um, 
And then she got me a Sarah Gordon jersey, which we'll talk about Sarah Gordon later in much detail. But um, she made a cake for me. It was like this vanilla cake with strawberry like jam in the middle. And there was strawberry and chocolate icing on it. And we had some even tonight after dinner because we don't eat an entire cake um, when one night. And it was uh, it was really good. So that's like that special and I get texts from people like my mom texts me and my sister texts me and, you know, friends text me and stuff like that. But it's just, it's just different as an adult. I don't know. I think cause I, I think about it so big in my head. Like you think about right. your birthday so much in your head coming up to it. You're like, Oh, this is going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Even though I've not like, I haven't done anything to celebrate my birthday. God, like I think when I turned 30, we did something to celebrate my birthday with like multiple friends, but I haven't done really much of anything for my birthday ever um, since I was a little kid and I went to laser quest and did a, a lit <laughs> nice. that, um, but that was, and it just becomes a little, I don't know, depressing. Like last night I just had to like shut off of everything. I, I had to just like, I can't, I don't know. I was having a moment. I was just like, me and Amy were, we were both like, oh yeah, birthday suck. Cause she feels the same way on her birthday. We're just like, why? why do we do this to ourselves every year? Why do we do this? We're like, I said next year, let's just not celebrate them at all. Let's just not, you know, make it a big thing because it's never as big as you think it's going to be. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of build it up in your head, right? Oh my gosh. Or at the same time, even if you don't, you feel this pressure that you like have to, Mm -hmm. like I gotta do even my life. What should my life? I have to do something crazy for lunch because it's my birthday. Like, Right. Well, who the fuck cares? So if you just, you know, eat a ham sandwich or something, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to eat a ham sandwich on my birthday. And exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's no. So that was kind of, uh, that was kind of in there. And so that, you know, you get a little down in the dumps, but it's another, you know, another day waking up, another day on the other right side of the dirt. Um, it's a good one, man. No, it's happy. I, I did tell you yesterday, but happy uh, <laughs> late birthday again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, it's weird because I'm like in the Facebook days when I had a Facebook, you know, it'd be like, oh, everyone sees your birthday and everybody says happy birthday to you. I think that kind of messes people up now. Like people don't. It's easy to not remember people's birthdays. It's easy to just be oh. like, oh, well, I've got my own life. You know, I don't think about it. Oh, I saw it on social media. Okay, I wish you a happy birthday. And then you have 100 people wishing you a happy birthday. 95 of them you never talk to. You're just <laughs> friends on social media. You hadn't seen and you hadn't talked to since the last time that they wished you a happy birthday. Or the, when you the wish them a happy birthday. Right. Like even um, the last couple of years of Facebook life, I, I like, I hid my birthday. I was like, I just don't want, I just don't want the fake. I just don't want the um, fake birthday celebration. Alyssa would, uh, I, I'm just a whore for attention. And so in any attention I can get, I'll take, but I mean, we have a podcast for crying out loud. Exactly. But Alyssa would, um, she would delete her Facebook on her birthday every year. <laughs> Cause she's like, I don't want all the fake, like, like she would deactivate it basically like for the day yeah, and then reactivate it. She's like, I don't want all the fake, like, again, just like you said, like the people that you don't talk to for a year. And then the only time they send you anything is on your birthday. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just that feeling. So uh, as you can hear, I'm definitely not somebody who does like a big 
I don't do a birthday week or a birthday month or anything like that. People are like, I'm celebrating my birthday month. Like, stop it. We all have lives. We all, we all have things we're doing. We can't celebrate your birthday for an entire month. But um, yeah. So next year, uh, maybe I should listen to this podcast. God, no, that would be awful. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to this. Maybe I need to remember this feeling next year. That's better. I'm not going to listen to this. Or just go like big. Just like plan something huge. Yeah. Now, like start now and just go, just go ham. I, I would like uh, going ham sounds fun and sounds delicious. Like I've, I've, I've actually already got my birthday. Well, I've got, I booked something today for my birthday next year. So is that the Jack White, my morning jacket? It is headlining uh, festival, headlining fe- festival down there in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. It's two weeks after my birthday, but we're going to celebrate my birthday that weekend. Is, are they going to take your phone? Are they, are they going to take your phone for the festival too? Good question. I don't know. Or is somebody, is Jack White's like, is Meg going to run around before his set and take everybody's phone? Take everybody's <laughs> phone. Snatch it. I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to say that I will walk around and say that I work for Jack White. Well, that's and great. Then, put it into this bag. You just have like just, a, you just have a Kroger bag. Like, put your phone in this bag. I'll get it back to you. And then just like sell them all on the on the black market or whatever. On the way out when they're leaving. Oh, you have my phone. Oh, I don't know. That's five bucks. Five bucks to look through the bag for your phone. <laughs> oh, this is how Brian Mule start making us money. We've lost money on this show. We're gonna make some money next year at that concert. Hell yeah! But I'll go big I'll, next year, November twenty ninth. I'm gonna go big. Sure. Let's we have a big show, so we should go big into this episode. All right. Boom. Let's do it. Boom. Welcome to Bright Me, where podcast we're talking about soccer and other things, other podcasty things. We've got a jam-packed show for you this evening. Yes, we do. Or or morning or afternoon. I don't know when you listen to this. I'm not in your house, or am I? We've got a lot of things we're going to talk about. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, first things first, a big day in some NWSL transactions. It started off pretty exciting, and then it got got grim really fast. We're going to talk real dark. It got real bad. Uh, we're going to talk about Sarah Gordon. And uh, by the time you listen to this, probably confirmed move over to Angel City FC, you sons of bitches. We're going to talk about the NWSL championship, not the match itself, because God, that was two weeks ago. I'm going to talk about the experience of being at the NWSL championship, because I was there with some members of the BAM fam and Mike Hudson. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're talking about meeting up with some friends from um, podcasts of days gone by. Podcasts of your Podcasts of your uh, extra, extra. Read all about it. You're going to hear all about that. And then also Rory Dames. Um, hashtag fire Rory or Rory out. Not the way we were expecting. So we're going to talk about that too, Ooh. which, uh, yeah, that's a little older news, but we did take last week off for Thanksgiving and not because the Red Stars lost. They're also going to talk through a, a big update on the cruise roster. I know it's off season. I have not watched any MLS playoffs, but the off season for the crew, a big name is rejoining the team. And there's a special partnership, a brew. Ooh. Within the supporter culture of Brew, he's like that. And then we're going to Ask Bam, where we have a lot of questions that you folks asked us 
this time around. But before we get into all that fun stuff, we do have to run through some of the scores and some of the highlights from the teams that we love, but we don't really talk about in every segment on every episode. We want to do a little rundown of our favorite clubs. We're going to start off with um, the Tottenhams, which Ooh. just days after we recorded our last episode prior to the NWSL championship, Tottenham won 11 to zero against Watford of the championship in the mm. WSL cup. Mm. Mm. Took the sting out of the Hornets. Let's go. Took it out. And then West Ham beat them four days later, one to zero. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> wow. That's okay. Liverpool, Liverpool women, they they moved on in the WSL Cup. Or not moved on, excuse me. They won in the group stage. So I think we're on the top of the group stage now. And also we uh, solidified our lead at the top of the championship, beat Sunderland three to one. Sunderland until they die. Because we won, um, sure. And we are now four points up in the championship table. Uh, on the men's side, Tottenham men, they uh, it got snowy. It snowed, so they couldn't play. But on a positive note. They didn't lose. They didn't lose. <laughs> Tottenham did not lose. Yeah. Suck it, Burnley. Um, on the Liverpool side, Liverpool won 4-0. to hey. zero. I love beating these... Uh, beating these small teams like the Southamptons and the Arsenals and the Man Uniteds. I love just lamb blasting them every match for the last few weeks. Um, there's some midweek matches. Who's Tottenham play this week? Tottenham men. Do you know? I don't know. Off well, the top of my head. Liverpool plays Everton. I remember that because it's the Merseyside Derby. Um, Merseyside Terrence Trent Derby. Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon on NBCSN, which means we have to see Arlo White. Love to hear his own voice in his commentary. Can't wait for that. Tottenham takes on the fighting bees of Brentford on Uh-oh. Thursday. Brentford's on a high, man. Mm, they just Brentford's won. good. Brentford's That's... not bad. They're not a bad new side. I mean, they're no like uh, poor one out for Norwich and Newcastle. They started the week off of midweek matches. How more depressing can you get? <laughs> the first match of our midweek to get you excited. Newcastle in Norwich City. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's not great neither here nor there. Not great at all. Let's get into other things that are not great. Okay, today is Tuesday when we record this. It started off pretty exciting. Kansas City Current, who that's their new name. They were branded a few weeks ago. Um, they have a new brand. They're not Kansas City NWSL anymore. They acquired Sam Mewis. Yes, that's Sam Mewis from the U.S. Women's National Team. Whoa. They traded for her from the North Carolina Courage. It looks like the Courage are going full, uh, full asteroid <laughs> restart. It looks like they're. Um, it's not going to be the same team that I think that we've seen over the last couple of years. So they uh, Sam Mewis went to Kansas City. Um, Kiki Pickett went to North Carolina Courage, and then some other rights to some collegiate players, some draft picks, and all that good stuff. But um, I was like, man, this is an exciting start to the NWSL offseason. Oh, this is really exciting stuff. And then it should have just stopped there. And then we should have just stopped. I should have gotten off the internet and just been happy with what was happening because then at, uh, God, what was it, like 4 o'clock, 4 Eastern time, uh, Sandra Herrera, who's a member of the uh, Southside Trap, she works for CBS Sports. Uh, she's a, a fan of all Chicago Red Star folks. She announced on the Twitters, that Sarah Gordon, the better than Gina Lewandowski by a mile, 
a lot of miles, actually. The person who was named to the NWSL's yeah. uh, All Eleven for the season, but yeah, not was... nominated for Defender of the Year. Well, she she was nominated, but she lost to the person that Mal Pugh scored on to get that's, into the didn't get, get into the semifinals. Um, anyway, yeah, Sarah Gordon is on her way to Los Angeles. When you saw this, I texted it to you. And your response was, God damn it. Now that it's been a few hours later, flesh that out. What are you thinking right now? How are you feeling? God damn it. Um, Thank you very much, Brian. <laughs> that's hard hitting analysis that you get right. here, Brian. And me. We really, we really, uh, we uh, really did some research on this one. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I hate it. Like, I mean, obviously she's a, you know, all, all league player, right? Was on the starting, was on the, you know, Final 11 for the NWSL for the season, nominated for Defender of the Year, played literally every single minute that the Red Stars played this season, did not miss one single solitary minute. Hasn't missed a minute since, I think it's April of 2019. Hasn't missed a minute. I mean, she has <laughs> Through been, a pandemic, through the Challenge Cup, through the fall series in 2020. Hasn't missed a minute, yeah. Has been absolutely incredible this season. Um, and then obviously, like, not just her as a player on the field, but I think everything she does off the field, the stuff she does in the community in Chicago, the leadership she shows on the field, off the field. Hell, did you see her? She was a broadcaster recently. Like she, yeah, she's at the USL Championship. Sorry to the Rowdies fans out there. I was born for the Tampa Bay Rowdies as a uh, as a as a sideline reporter for uh, you know the match featuring Shady Tampa there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know she really does it all. Um, so to lose a player of that caliber, mm. um, that's a big, that's, it's, I mean, it's not definitive yet. So I can still like hope against hope until it's, yeah. you know, 100% definitive hope that Sandra um, is wrong for once. Um, wish in one hand, shit in the other. See, see which, which one, one feels, feels first. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I did see my dad over the weekend. That's a phrase that I've heard most of my life. So every phrase yeah. you say, I just imagine Mike saying it also, which is not, which is completely great. That's like, I, I'm trying to build up my own repertoire phrases that I can say when I get older, but you have your dad there to hand them down still constantly. I love it. I love it. It's he's, he's good people. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big loss. Um, obviously they're, you know, we don't know Julie Ertz's status, you know, for next season. I know we would rather that she leaves instead of Sarah Gordon. If somebody we still had have leave. another team and we still have an allocated player, we could lose. If we trade Ertz to San Diego, she can be with Jill Ellis and all that have, fun stuff. Over have, there. have fun with that. But um, closer to Arizona, closer to, you yeah. know, it's <laughs> it's another it's a loss from that. Like so that center back pairing that's been, you know, obviously yeah. we still got Tierna Davidson, who. Um, obviously starting player on the women's national team, one of the better players at her position in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but you lose that, pl- who, you know, that player that really developed a lot of chemistry with her this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kayla Sharples, I love, but she's not, she's not the caliber of Sarah Gordon. At least she hasn't shown that to this point. Um, so it's a, it's a potentially really big loss for that team, especially given everything they're going through. I think having players um, that are strong leadership type players like Sarah Gordon are going to be big for this team moving forward. Yeah. 
No, that's that's a huge point. Um, she's not just player on the field, but um, even though the fan vote, I forget who they even voted for the humanitarian of the year for the team, the award that should be named after Sarah Gordon. I forget who even, I think it was like Zoe Morse, I want to say, or something like Might that. Might have been, yeah. I, I, I don't know, but that was kind of, um, I did talk to somebody um, through the DMs, somebody with knowledge inside of the, uh, the red stars and people were shocked. I would, I'll just put it that way. People were shocked both in and out of, uh, of the red stars organization. Anyway, um, Sarah Gordon didn't win that, which that's not, I'm that's a, an end of season award. It's not a reason, but I have heard um, from folks with people. It's like people who know people, people who talk to people, we're playing telephone tag, but apparently her boyfriend is relocating out West. And so maybe she's requested this, um also there's with it still being up in the air everyone has space now to fill in their own narratives a lot of it were oh she's sick of all the crap within the red star she's mad at arnhem which could all be very logical things that could be happening could definitely happen when we're talking about rory here in a few moments um they're both they're all logical they're not reaches let's put it that way they're not like you're not tinfoil hatting some of these things but there is a lot of room right now for people to to make up their own narratives until somebody tells us, but just seeing things from folks in the know on the Twitters, it sounds like she requested this, which if she didn't request it, that's grounds for like, that's grounds for what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this? But add add that to the list. Um, but, But it may, it even tracks to requesting to move out there because being in LA, she does sideline reporting. She's done modeling. She does modeling. She has her nonprofit. She's lived around Chicago her whole life. Maybe this is her thinking, okay, I got to think about what's happening next. I got to think about what my career is after this because NWSL is not, not paying me the bank that I should be getting paid. No, Um, certainly not. So LA is, if there's a place to do that, if there's a place to work in TV, in modeling in advertising or that's the kind of place to do it. Right. So if it is true that she did request it, and even if she didn't request it all the best to her, but if she didn't request it and it's just forced on her, um, I'm burning the city of Chicago to the ground. You and uh, Mrs. (laughs) O'Leary. But no, I think a cow that burned the city down. Well, yeah, but it was Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's tough to blame her. Like, if she does mm-hmm. one out, like, obviously, blame it at all. Yeah, everything that's happened within that organization, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, the athletes like you don't said, owe us anything. Athletes don't owe us not a not a goddamn thing. A pe- yeah. They don't owe us anything at all. Especially athletes who get paid less than me. Yeah, they should not be. They, two, shouldn't, they two don't owe us bums that will just work like an insurance, um, yeah. and they get we get paid in some cases significantly more oh, for um, sure. than some of those people do. And we're not exactly making, you know, we're not making bank here. <laughs> right. But we, um, and you know, if she does, if, and you know what, kind of like you said, if she did request this leave, there's zero hard, zero, there should be zero hard feelings from this fan base. Is she, you know, you and I don't get to go to games very often, but if I was at a game and she was there, I would 100% give her a, a you know, huge applause, huge standing ovation. Yeah, right. I'm not going to give her crap for leaving or anything like that. No, I'll, 
I'll talk a little shit. She's, she's on the other team because mm-hmm. I mean anybody on the other team, you're gonna get a little shit talk to you. But yeah, it wouldn't be you know stuff personal stuff or you know anything like that because it's you know she she's done incredible things like we said not only for the organization but for the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, all the best to her if this does come to fruition, which it sounds like it's gonna happen. Uh, it, it makes Angel City coming to like Louisville or something like a must buy like I, I i'm gonna buy a ticket i'm gonna go now just because she's there Kristen press is there i'm sure other names are happening because right now like these moves are happening because teams don't want to leave this up to chance they don't yeah. want to leave up like we don't know what chicago gets but it feels like there's going to be expansion draft immunity i feel like they're going to have some sort of protection uh, against the expansion draft because why if you if she did request a move, that's great. But Chicago also has to think about their own future. What can we do to protect ourselves? Um, but before we get into the NFL championship, any other thoughts you have about Gordon? Because I have a question for you. So I haven't asked. I didn't tell you I was going to bring this up. I'm going to ask you this question. No, I think that pretty well. Uh, I think we pretty well covered it. Okay. Uh, my question to you, sir. You can only protect one U.S. allocated player. You can only protect one of them in this upcoming expansion draft. You have to choose from Melissa Nair, Julie Ertz, Tierna Davidson, and Mal Pugh. Which one? Oof. Which one person? You're allowed to protect one of them. Who are you protecting of those four? Okay. So it's not Ertz. No. Obviously. I wouldn't pick Ertz either. Yeah. Um, and I feel like feel like we've got some options at keeper that while they're not at nair's capability they're not obviously at nair's level i think it's mal Pugh, only because i okay. wonder where else your goal is coming from that's very true no that's very like, true because like, i saw in the championship game they're not coming from the people we have behind them. They're no, not coming from. Them. I mean, it, we got we got some. You know, we, like we kind of were talking about before the mat before the championship game. Like, yes, goals have come from some other places. Like, this is a team that didn't have a per- people that scored mm-hmm. um, a ton of goals. But you figure Mal Pugh had what four goals for his four assists? Four goals. So, uh, yeah, four five and four. Yeah, no, uh, Kelia had five assists. Yeah, Kelia had five. Yeah. And Mal had four and four. So you figure she was in the playoffs. Yeah, she was responsible for eight goals. Mm. That's I don't know. I, I don't have the, the stats or the numbers. They in scored in the like in like the tw- I think they scored twenty nine goals. I want to say this year. So that's almost a. a she had a yeah. direct hand in almost a third of your goals. If that's, that's true, little, somewhere between a quarter and a third of her of your goals. That's, that's a, true. That's a lot of production to replace. Um, I've, but at the same time, if you're losing Gordon, I hate to lose Tanner Davidson too, because who are you putting back there at center back? Um, you know, again, Kayla Sharples, she's good. She's not at Tierna Davidson or Sarah Gordon's level no. by any means. Um, you know, Cassie Cassie Miller played really well this year in goal. That for the penalty most part. kick, that penalty kick, in that final that that was a soft penalty kick, and your but, arm like if you fall a half second earlier, you stop it like that. But does Nair? It's a pressure moment. You're in the championship. I, I get it. I don't know. 
I just but that's like the one issue that I've seen from her this year, though Miller. Yeah. So like the the the, the fall between Nair and Miller, at least from what we've seen, because if you look at Nair's record, I know this is also when Ertz went down. It was early part of the season. It's not fair to blame her because we were going through a lot of absolutely. Uh, we we're going through a lot of roster issues at the time. She was giving up like three goals a game. Yeah. But that was also before we solidified, you know, Davidson and Gordon as our starting center back pairing. And towards the end of the season, we looked much better when it came to defensive backline stuff. Now, that not saying that, you know, Miller is close to Nair, but when Miller no. was in there, she did well. But also losing Gordon, is Miller still going to be that good? <laughs> Who's yeah, going to replace know. Gordon in that position? Uh-huh. Does Ertz even stay with Chicago? Uh, not just from expansion, but do any of these players leave? Like, do they just go? I that these are all things that they could request a trade. Early Ertz could request well, a trade. How many of these people played with? I mean, fuck this dude eternally for what yeah. he's done. But how many of these people played with Rory? Um, some of them, I would imagine, had some kind of respect in some capacity for Rory. I. I don't know that. I don't know if that's we saw the case after or not, the but... NWSL championship. Even like Mo Brian Mocatro came out and said, you know, we wouldn't have gotten here without Rory Dames, or right. we wouldn't have got. So that uh, there is probably, and I'm guessing, like Ertz and Gatro, they played with Jill Ellis. Nair played with Jill Ellis. Jill Ellis, if you read about her, she was awful. Oof, she yeah. was an awful coach. Like how she treated the players and stuff. Some and of the even... things she did. If you read some of the stuff that Megan Rapino said. Uh, it's it scathing. Was, and like Sydney yeah. LaRue was like, we won in spite of her. Um, yeah. So if they're playing for Jill Ellis, you could imagine somebody like Ertz or Mo Brian, even Danny Colaprico came out and said, you know, he's tough, but I, I think she's just learned to, I, and this shouldn't be, the players shouldn't have to learn to ignore certain parts of it. They shouldn't have to, you know, that's right. why he was fired because he shouldn't be doing that stuff in the first place. But there was definitely a contingency of players who liked playing for him. Or I, I think they they knew the tough, the tough part of him and they were like, I'm fine with it. And it feels like Ertz of anybody on the team. It feels like Ertz would be somebody who probably didn't mind playing for Rory Dames. Yeah. Um, so just throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't think she was somebody who was maybe, you know, put off by Rory. So there could be some turnover or I think there's also potentially going to be some people that um, maybe feel betrayed by the organization for, over things that have happened. Maybe uh, again, reasonably so like deservedly so. Yeah. And now that you don't have the person who's causing the problem, also making the roster decisions, um, there could be some people saying, yeah, I probably want out of this organization. Like yeah. when the person you're having issues with is also the person who makes the decision on whether you're on the team or not, yeah. it's kind of hard to go to them and say, Hey, trade me. I don't, because I don't like you or because you're, um, you know, an asshole or you're being fucking racist or, you know, whatever it is. Let's just talk about the Rory thing too. Let's get yeah. that out. Cause we're, we're talking about the end. Of, I still want to talk about the championship cause it was still cool. There are a lot we're of kind positives. Of talking around it. Yeah. yeah there, were, there were a lot of positives of the match and going down and seeing folks. So after the match, the, the press release came out at like midnight yeah. where Rory Dames was, has resigned from his position to and, spend more time with family. And, and you then know, the, we, the best things, the best things that they always want everyone to know, always get announced at midnight. Right. Exactly. And then Washington post reporter, the same reporter who broke 
um, stuff about like Freed Benstidi and the stuff happening in OL Reign. Um, she didn't break the the main one that you know Meg Linehan did, the one that kind of caused like these huge ripples within the league. But she's I forget her name, and that's on me. My mistake. I didn't have her name up, but she's done a lot of investigators. Like she's the investigative sports reporter for the Washington post. She did all the Richie Burke stuff. She did all the Washington spirit stuff. Um, the article came out later that day that Rory had allegations against him, which you find out too, that he was also planning on leaving the team. He told the team Saturday morning. He like, he told the organization I'm it done. Was, after. Uh, Molly Hensley Clancy. Yeah. Molly, yes. Thank you. She does amazing work. I'm yes. sorry for getting the name, but thank you, Brian, for putting that in there. Rory Dames, but he announced, or the the club announced, and it was all kind of shrouded in mystery. There's these allegations that go back to, God, 2017, maybe even earlier, with Kristen Press when she played for Chicago, traded against her will of not wanting to be traded to a certain place, and he does yep. it. All the things that he did, abuse-wise, inappropriate things like, hey, come, let's go have dinner. Let's go do this. Now, there was no... There was no nothing in this article, at least about some of the sexual things that Paul Riley did and some of the things even beyond that coming to my hotel room, doing that stuff with Rory. It sounded like a lot, and I'm not comparing one's worse than the other. I'm just saying that uh, Rory Dames is all came from a, a strong mental. And he was just, it sounded like he was just. Well, and, 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 he and was... not in like, and not like a tough love thing. It, this was targeted attacks towards people for everything from race there was one because she was a mother um calling her like a poor mother because she can't communicate on the field uh, there are some really yeah withholding time off or not telling people when there's going to be time off or if you didn't have a good match there's one story where they couldn't stay there with their family they couldn't stay you know they're on an away trip and he wouldn't let them stay with their family after the match and he made them come back because they had a rough match and just like the anxiety he's induced in people um it was it, it was not great well and then and then you add to that um a lot of the retaliatory stuff mm-hmm that was reported, you know, Rory's been, um, he's been around a long time. He has a lot of, um, a lot of connections, both within the league and with, uh, us soccer and Chicago. Um, I mean, the yeah. red stars of the NWSL teams out there, look at all of their, like how their breakdown, how they're put together. No team is closer attached to their city than the red stars and not community yep. wise. They have a lot of work to do in the community, but within the soccer culture. When I wrote for the WPSL earlier in the year and I spoke to other teams in Chicago, I spoke to uh, Chicago city and the Chicago Dutch lions. And all of them said the same thing. Like the best players go to the red star reserves. The best players go to the red stars because they knew there was a pipeline. You had to go through Rory. You had to go through the red stars and they had, they had the pipeline in the city of all the best players and with that power, it just sounds like it goes to people's heads and in the worst ways and treating people like total crap. But that's just that's the connection the Red Stars have with the city and all the players. Like, look at the players on the team. Sarah Gordon, she's local from Illinois. Um, yep. Tam Malazzo, she's local from Illinois. All these players that stand out, these players that seem to come from almost nowhere they're not drafted or they get really late drafted or they're brought in as free agents. These are all players that Rory has worked with for, 
for years. So he had that kind of grip on the entire like soccer, women's soccer culture, especially of the city, which just, you know, and hindsight's 2020, right? It's just with all that power, of course, going to his head, he, that stuff is in the person and the power just like unleashes it. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, like we were saying with the retaliatory stuff, like he would, you know, there were players that said that, uh, you know, if he didn't cooperate and do exactly what they wanted, or if they had a, a poor game or, or tried to say something about something that was said to him, he would um, bad mouth them to us soccer, bad mouth them to, you know, stop players from, potentially you know trying out for the for the women's national for the women's national like team Ellis, when, yeah yeah when when players would when u.s soccer would come to him and ask him his opinion on players he would give them negative i mean these these are all things that are documented that and then u.s um, soccer ignored claims christian yeah. press goes to him. other players go to u.s soccer yep. and they just sunil galati who is the previous u.s soccer president they just ignore them and it's just the it's like the Meg Linehan story showed the NWSL for what it was. This yeah. story just kind of confirmed what U.S. soccer was, it's, at least in my head. It seemed like that. Yeah. yeah, that's who they are. It's it's just been it's so disheartening. Like it really is because it's something um, that you and I, I think you and I both care a lot about, and I think a lot of people care a lot about wanting to see the NWSL be successful and wanting oh, to see sure. these, rooting for, you know, we're red stars fans first and foremost, but we're, I would say that we're both NWSL fans. We're both rooting yeah. for um, secondarily. Of course we want the red stars to win, but we're rooting for the league to be successful. We want the league to grow. We want the players um, on every team to be successful. We want them to grow in stature and in, in the community and make more money and do all those things. But Pay there's, at 100 percent but but also while you're pre- paying them protect them jesus christ man it there's been tough. there's been so much just corruption and so much just abuse and you know all these things to these players who man they're just coming in and wanting to do a job like this is just like this is a job Mm-hmm. Like this is just like i mean you and i both work in insurance we uh log on we go to work and we deserve to be um treated with respect and tr- we deserve to be paid adequately and we deserve to be um not treated like know, humans and not yeah mentally it's, abused and <laughs> physically abused yeah it's it's just it's so i hate it so much for so many of the people in the league that are doing the right thing mm-hmm that aren't in on, you know, on this, on this corruption and this, uh, this abuse. It's a good word all, for it. It's corruption. And all and these just see, like there in their picture earlier this season. And it probably was even at the match we were at. Who were the coaches when we were in, in, in outside of Raleigh for the match? Yeah. It was Rory Dames and Paul Riley and their buddies. And then you have, this is just a couple months before the veil, you know, the curtain gets opened and everything you you see everything behind the scenes things that players have been trying to say for years and they they were in cahoots like you, you have these they, people, like they're all in power they all like even like a Richie Burke he goes from being a youth soccer coach to a pro coach like you're in cahoots with people there there's mm-hmm. definitely favors being done it's they're all ultimately looking to protect themselves and exactly. what, and what they feel is their their bottom line i mean mm-hmm. 
um, you know, Arnhem Ugh. saying that, um, you know, oh, well, we handled this in house. No, did you, you didn't. Clearly, clearly you didn't. How'd you handle it in house? Yeah. What did you do? Did Rory you told him to be you, nice? Did you slap him on the wrist and tell him, hey, you know, hey, Rory, please be nice to these uh, to these players now? You didn't do a damn thing. You tried to cover it up is what you did. And then you released this half-ass bullshit statement of, oh, well, not acknowledging what happened, not acknowledging who knew what and when, not acknowledging what was done in the past, what's going to be done in the future to prevent, like, Okay, you get rid of Rory. You get rid of Rory Dames. Okay, Rory Dames didn't even get rid of him. He resigned. Yeah, he didn't even. He had the luxury of being able to resign. That's not even getting rid of him. That is so backdoor. So So you, I'm sure you coordinated some kind of uh, settlement, some kind of deal with his contract. Whereas if you fire him with cause, he gets jack shit, and he shouldn't get jack shit. Um. And then you you're going to cover this up. What's to prevent? Okay, with these half-ass you know pussyfoot statements that they've put out, mm-hmm. what's to prevent this from happening again? I mean, Rory Dames is gone. Okay, but I mean, who's to say that the next person that comes in the minute if something happens that Arnhem's not going to turn right around and and cover that up too? Hell, look how long they got away. These this stuff dates back years. So they yeah. got away with it. I mean, yeah, shit's hit the fan now. And these are just the things that got reported that have yes. gone, come into the news article. You know what happens when these stories come out is the that pl- more people player, come out. <laughs> that players were um, comfortable speaking about a lot of them anonymously because they're afraid of, um, you know, if I, if I speak out, not only is, you know, I mean, Rory Dames, well, at least currently, it's not in any kind of position of power to hurt them, but the Red Stars certainly are. The league still is. Yeah. U.S. soccer is certainly still, um, you know, whistleblowers. Whether Rory's it's in, still on, Rory is still on Arnhem's Christmas card list. Let's just put it out I, there. I, I promise you. Um, they're, <laughs> still, they're still hanging out together, um, probably more than likely. So it's, you know, whistleblowers in general don't tend to do very well after the fact. No. Um, in their future, uh, people who take bold stances, people that uh, speak truth to power, um, to use a phrase that um, gets thrown around a lot, don't tend to have good things happen to them. So, yeah, I think it exposes it exposes everything that's gone on, and it 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 sucks mm-hmm. because again, we come back to we're not talking about the NWSL and the season that they had and these players that have worked their ass off. And the, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of interesting storylines. If you get, if you take out again, all the negative shit that's happened and you've got players that are stars. I mean, I know she's on the other team, but Trinity Rodman is a fucking star. Yeah. And people aren't talking about it. They're to- well, she, pe- people who watch the league are talking about it. She has got everything you want in a marketable player. She's incredibly skilled. She works her ass off. She, you know, coming from a famous, a famous family doesn't hurt her marketability, especially given that her dad was, you know, in the, one of the most, one of the most well-known people in, in the nineties in sports. Um, But even then, like she talked about out in the open, like my dad and I don't have a relationship. 
Yeah. And even that's relatable. Even that's relatable. Oh, absolutely. People who are, like, like that. There's nothing like as a supporter, as a fan, I'm, I'm taking my podcaster hat off. I'm not wearing a hat during the games. She does chirp a lot to the refs, but that's the, that's the smallest issue. She's 19 years old. She's a teenager. Of course she's yelling at the authorities. She's out there. Like she had a huge impact on that game against against grown women. That assist. She's won the game. She's a kid. Like she still, she still has a child. She's not finished. Get vaccinated though. Come on. Yeah. Get vaccinated. But she's not finished, you know, to, go biology on you for a minute has not finished all of her like growth and development as a human yeah like she's still you know gonna keep at least a little bit she's gonna get better yeah so what she won rookie of the year which was everyone like come on even before you announce the candidates when she won rookie of the year why wasn't she in the nomination for mvp why wasn't she like her interceptions, her assists, her goals? She, she led her team in many categories. Why wasn't she nominated for MVP? She's like the Candace Parker for WNBA fans. She won the rookie of the year and the MVP in her first season. Well, how couldn't Trinity Raman do that? I think she would have been an MVP candidate the way she plays. And that's like being seriously, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm just elevating her play. She could have been an MVP candidate. She should be everywhere Mm -hmm. i would i would have her on commercials i would have her on billboards i would have her the league the the people sports fans in general should be talking about her yes but if you search nwsl into google right now and i'm 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 sitting at my computer i'm not going to do it but probably most of the results that you're going to find are going to be negative it's going to be about the Red Stars. It's going to be about potentially Paul Riley, the things that happened to all rain, mm-hmm. things that happened with the spirit this season. Um, it's going to be all of these things, except for what we as fans want people to talk about. We want this league to grow. We want people to watch. We want people to care. We want people to invest, um, buy invest financially and mm-hmm. emotionally. Um, we want people to go to matches. Like, I want to buy a Trinity Robin U.S. Women's National Team jersey. She, well, first thing to put her on the damn team, but that's well, she she couldn't go to Australia. Just get I vaccinated know. for crying out loud. Get get freaking vaccinated, but put her on the team. Right. Like, if if I'm anybody within U.S. soccer, and thank God I'm not, because <laughs> I have a soul. Um, oh god! I'm, I'm making a phone call. To, Reading about uh, Jill Ellis though makes me respect Vladko. I'm like, he's maybe not that bad. He's, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not that bad. I mean, that's a pretty fucking low bar to be. <laughs> that's a very low bar. <laughs> um, I'm making a phone call to Vladko saying, but he went to an NWS from an NWSL coach to a US Women's National Team coach, and people seem to like playing for him when he was an NWSL. Yeah, but also people like playing for Rory. I'm. I'm making a phone call if I'm with U.S. Soccer and saying Vlatko, yeah. put her on the team. Right. I don't care what you got to like. But in the last release, though, he did say that Mal Pugh and Trinity Rodman were not available for this window. So that he did mention them because they were. It sounds like he was going to put her on, but she couldn't be there. Get the shot, and, and not for sports reasons, for humanity reasons. God, just get the shot. Omicron. I, know- I don't want to know all these freaking roman names i don't want to i don't want to know it's like hurricanes now 
every hurricane has a new name. We're going to do the same thing for freaking variants of the coronavirus. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. But Trinity, yes, they need to be at marketing her. She is the most marketable, one of the best players on the field. She should be on every billboard. She should be on every TV commercial. You need to get her on CBS National. You need to get these games where people can see them. And yeah. I, Steve Baldwin needs to sell the team. And not to some of his cries. I, I didn't. I'll be honest. I missed at least one of the Red Stars playoff games because I couldn't find the damn game anywhere. Yeah, CBS Sports Network not the greatest place to find a match. Put so it on ESP, go to ESPN Plus. At least you know one one subscription. You know where all the games are at. They're always there. Put some on big ESPN sometimes. Come on. Like I don't they listen spend more time trying to market your damn league and less time trying to cover up scumbags that's my fault i got us off track sorry and you'd be uh you'd be in much better shape right now um you broke the record for your end for your nwc title game it was the biggest match that you've ever had on television like that's huge keep that up keep that going this is momentum this is momentum clean the league up get rid yeah. of all the get rid of all the scum mm-hmm. if that means getting rid of everybody then get rid of everybody and start burn it to the ground um and spend time making sure that these players are protected and adequately mm-hmm. compensated right and then market your damn league you've got a ton of really marketable players you've got a ton of players that play for the women's national team mm-hmm. that are incredibly marketable market you just market the damn league and they've got their whatchamacallit coming up their collective bargaining agreement it feels like the players have a lot of the they have a lot of the cards to play because nbsl is growing and the one people that can the one group of people that can stop that growth are the players they've got (laughs) options they can go play overseas yeah they there are plenty of places to play england's catching up there are yeah. plenty of teams that you can go play for in England that'll be more than happy to have. You, you want to tell me Manchester City wouldn't want Trinity Rodman on their front line? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You, this isn't like baseball. This isn't baseball where it's like, well, this is the only place you can play. They could go anywhere in the world. Look at the freaking Ballon d'Or, which side sidebar real quick. What a joke. They have Christine Sinclair, the only NWSL player nominated for a Ballon d'Or just because... It's just a who's the best player in Europe award. That's all it is. Who's the best player playing in Europe? All the player like, but they get all the attention. FIFA's talking about the teams in England, the teams in Spain, the teams in Germany. Yeah, NWSL players do not have to play in the NWSL. They don't have to do it. They can get paid. Sam Kerr, she's getting fucking paid right now. She's getting paid three hundred thousand plus per season. She couldn't get. She couldn't touch that in the NWSL. She's not sniffing that in the NWSL. So the collective no. bargaining, the players have all not, of the cards. Not to them. mention, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm one of the players, I'm going to walk in and to the negotiations, and I'm going to say, um, let's see, you covered up this allegation, you covered up these allegations, you covered mm-hmm. up, you've clearly created an unsafe work environment. I, oh I yeah, would- Chelsea just called me. They called my agent <laughs> and Chelsea said they don't have anybody who's they're not uh, Chelsea Clinton within the Washington spirit. I'm talking about Chelsea football club. They're they're They've promised me that they're going to, they're going to keep me safe and take care of me and do right by me as a, not only as a, an athlete and a professional, but as a human fucking being, I'm going to play in the champions league. I'm going to play in the WSL cup. I'm going to play in three different tournaments, three different seasons throughout the year. Why do I need the NWSL? 
Yeah. Chelsea has more money than Steve Baldwin can think about. <laughs> like Chelsea's got that uh Chelsky. Russian oligarch money. Like ah, in Soviet Russia, Chelsea forks you. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's they have all the they have all the momentum. Market the players. My God, get Rory, get the Rorys of the league out, get the Paul Rileys, the Friedman CDs, the Richie Burks, get them all done. Lisa Only one Bear. coach the survived the season. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Mark Parsons did leave under his own volition. That's yes. fair. And Freya Coom did jump from one team to another. Don't let managers jump from one team to another in the middle of the fucking season. This is Bush League stuff. But burn it down. I'm still here to support it. I think this USL Super League, they have to be breathing down the neck of the NWSL. Because if yeah. the NWSL can't, if they can't keep it up, if they can't fix their own freaking house, if you can't clean your own house, there's a new league that even sounds like there could be like promotion relegation. You got a mm-hmm. super league coming. You got pro. They're going to be paid similar to what USL players are getting paid, which is around the same as what NWSL players are paid. Right. And NWSL, you don't have a lot. They start playing in 2023. You have one more season left. You got to get your shit together. Get your shit together. It's exciting times in in, in in soccer in general. USL men are moving to like a, they're trying to move to a European calendar. It looks like they're going to start doing promotion and relegation, which is pretty, that's going to challenge, I think, MLS a tiny bit in terms of the supporters, maybe not investors because one investor wants to lose money. But it's exciting times in the women's soccer world. It's actually getting momentum here in the US. They're having other pro leagues are coming up. This is this is good things. Competition. I know I'm sounding like a capitalist pig, but competition is a good thing. Competition is a good thing. Um, speaking of competition, excuse me. I went to a competition back in November because by the time you listen to this, it's December. NWSL championship. Um, I drove down. Well, I didn't drive down. Brian Lenoy fighting, fighting canaries. Brian Lenoy. He drove us down. It was Brian Justin up front, the two of them up front, me and Ryan in the back seat. And then we stopped in Cincinnati, Ohio, and picked up Mike Hudson. And he sat in the back seat of a Honda CRV. It was tight, tight. Um, we went, we, I, I, I very appreciate Brian Lenoy driving, by the way. He is the defier of all Google estimates of when you're going to get there. If it says you're going to get there at 11 o'clock, Brian's getting you there. At 1045, <laughs> he just he is that's how Brian drives, and I respect that. You've been with me in the car when I drive, Brian, when I'm on the highway and stuff. Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty liberal with the gas pedal and pretty liberal with the yeah. speed limit. Brian Lenoy frightens me sometimes. <laughs> he frightens me sometimes. But, but we drove down, and it was honestly a really good time. You've probably seen pictures on social media. We'll repost the pictures with this episode, but we saw Robbie Rogers which is amazing. It's so nice meeting him. All the positivity, all the joking around he does on the internet and in our podcast from prior episodes, he's the same person in real life. He's just, he's genuine. He's himself. He loves Gotham. He was a really good sport about wearing the Chicago Red Stars gear. He held a sign up that we put on there, which is Red Stars greater than Gotham FC. Um, He was a really good sport about it. He hung out with us a little bit. Alex, his buddy Alex Dumas, Dumas. I don't know how to exp- I don't know how to pronounce it. He wore a Washington Spirit jersey, even though he's a racing Louisville fan. But after we gave him adequate shit, 
he took the Washington Spirit jersey off. He said, I have a Racing Louisville shirt underneath it. So his skin was being touched by a Racing Louisville shirt, but he had a Spirit jersey over it. Um, Met, uh, oh, we didn't talk about this. We'll talk about it in a moment. I saw Derek Helling. Derek, nice. our, our pal from the interwebs. I've seen him before at the Women's Cup. Felix and his parents. I love the whole family. Felix, you and your parents. I just... I love having you folks around. It's so great whenever we get to hang out. Like this is the third time I've been able to hang out with them. I'm going to a Chicago match next year as a supporter. I just want to hang out with you folks again. I just love it's like they're it's like they're a second family. I love hanging out with the Felixes. It's it's always a great time whenever they're there. We kicked around a really deflated soccer ball, which was fun. Uh, that was great. Always a good time. Um, I saw Lee Neves. If you're a fan, a fan of racing Louisville, she is the president of the Lavender Legion, the supporters group in Louisville for racing Louisville. I, um, I interviewed her for an article. So I went up and introduced myself. So she was there. I saw fans from obviously racing Louisville, obviously from the red stars and the spirit, but I saw people on Gotham stuff. We saw people in Pride stuff. Uh, we saw people in OL rain. I saw some people in Thor, every team, had a fan there like there were there were over ten thousand people and every team was represented i swear i saw kansas city people i even saw a group of angel city people walking up the stairs as we were walking into the stadium and i was i was in my i was in my cans not my cups i was in my cans a little bit at that point and i said don't take any of our players and i yelled it don't do it please um to which they they laughed and then fucking stole Sarah Gordon from us two weeks later. Was God. was one of them Serena Williams? <laughs> it wasn't Serena Williams. No, if it was Serena Williams, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just said, "Yes, ma'am." <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, saw um, Lauren from Local One Thirty Four. She's been on the show a couple times. She yeah. she still knows who I am, although I'm very forgetful. Uh, not forgetful. I'm forgettable. That's the word. I'm forgettable. Um, <laughs> It was cool seeing Lauren. She even introduced me to some other folks. I met some friends of all the folks we met. Talked to Sarah Spain a little bit. We got a photo, which we didn't talk about that, Bryant. Um, Let's talk about that real quick. We're going to do a quick sidebar, kind of back to our conversation. Sarah did eventually come out and say that she was as pissed off as everybody else was. But there was an eerie silence from every owner of the 25,000 owners of the red stars, nobody said anything like Kendall coin, who's a professional athlete, who's a hockey, like professional hockey player. She said nothing about the treatment of these soccer players. None of the other owners said Jack shit. What do you think of? And then Arnhem's, did you see Arnhem's texts? Oh my gosh. Did you see those Bryant? I know. He sent copy paste texts to all the victims that were in the story. These text messages were found and shared from the people who got the texts. He sent the same text, replaced the name Arnhem did. How do you feel about the Red Stars ownership response post their email that they sent at midnight? What do you feel about, even Sarah, include Sarah in there too, because all of them need to get some sort of shit for this yeah i i will put a caveat to this to say i don't know who knew what and when 
I don't know. I don't know Sarah Spain. I don't Kendall Coin, whomever. I don't know what they knew. Because they how have much lives. They, like we don't know. Their yeah, lives. They, they do things like they, just like we do. We don't know what they do. They're not generally speaking involved in the day-to-day operations at the club. No. Um, I don't know what they knew and when they knew it. Um, so let me get that out of the way. That being said, I would have definitely liked to see something a lot more impactful and a lot more um, with a little more spine to it, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Like, I found the text, by the way, um, but it's for it's from Elizabeth Shendell, who she is part of. I think it's goals or she's part of some um, media outlet for women's sports. She's at L-I-S underscore Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E. Here are the texts from Arnhem. Jen, period. I am so sorry for what happened to you at the Red Stars and for not knowing or having procedures that could uncover it. If it's helpful, I'm happy to speak or help further. Here's the second text. Sam, period. I'm sorry for what happened to you at the Red Stars and for not knowing or having procedures that could uncover it. If it's helpful, I'm happy to for help speak or help further. Fuck Same you. exact text. All he Fuck said you. was their name, period. That's all he changed. He didn't even put it in the middle of it. He didn't even do like copy paste where in the middle he throws your name in it. He was just like, type their name, hit period. Paste, Cop, paste send. Yeah, no, way to, way to really put yourself out there, Arnhem, you fucking scumbag. Um, no, it's just, I understand to an extent, you know, Sarah Spain, for instance, protagonist, not, not goals. Excuse me. Go ahead. Continue. Um, someone like Sarah Spain, she's an owner. I'm sure there's legal things involved with that. She may have been NDAs NDAs, and she She got in trouble with the Sarah Gordon stuff too. Yeah. When she tweeted that she believes Sarah Gordon, which is just tells you about the contracts that they have to sign. She may have been so, you know, again, I don't, I, I don't want to throw too many, too much at them because again, I don't know what they knew and when they knew it and what they still know, to be honest. Um, do, does the ownership group know more than what's said in the, you know, obviously I know Arnhem knows a hell of a lot more because not only is he, you know, one of the chief owners of the club, he's also directly involved in all of the day-to-day operations of the club. He helps start the league. Like he, he was knows one of the every- big investors at the beginning of the NWSL. He knows everything. Eat shit. Um, but with Spain or with you know some of the other ownership group, I'm hesitant to give them too much shit for it, only okay. because I I don't know again what they knew, how much they knew, what they did to try to right. stop it, if anything, um, what they're able to speak on publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get lawyers involved, you get everything else, you know, things like that involved in DAs and everything like that, you know, yeah, you know, I want people, I say when it's not me having to deal with it, that I want people to be brave and speak out and say things, right. but yeah. I also understand that, you know, I got nothing on the line here, right? I don't have a career. I don't have um, other things. I don't have any skin in that game. Right. Um, so again arnhem can go fuck himself for eternal for eternity but um i'm Don't hesitant like you didn't know what happened yeah. Yeah. no you knew exactly what the fuck was happening fuck you you chose to let it happen because you were worried it was going to hurt your bottom line mm-hmm. um I, I i hesitate like i said to put that too much on some of the ownership people without mm-hmm. knowing more 
Now, if I know they knew things about it and chose not to speak about it publicly or chose not to um, go after Arnold Get under or, the bus, then, then they can go to hell right with him. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll include Sarah Spain in that. She, you know, we're, we're friendly with her a little bit. She came on the pod. You, you hung out with her a little bit at the thing. If she knew, if she knew something was going on and chose not to speak up about it or chose not to pursue it, she can go fuck herself right there along with them. That's again, if. Um, and they just joined the team this year. I'm sure Arnhem's right. not like, Hey, but whenever all this stuff is happening with Richie Burke, and with Paul Riley, you have a good business is going to be checking their own. You know, they're going to be proofreading their own stuff. They're going to yeah. be, you know, doing their, you know, dotting their I's and crossing their T's. They're going to be double checking that they don't have, you know, a mole in their house. They're going to be checking and see if right. they're, you know, doing things properly. So it does seem kind of, uh, it's hard to yeah. know. And then also for the article, a journalist doesn't have to hold the article. Once no. they know, they can they're going to go to the team and say, "Hey, what's your what's your thing? What's your response to this?" That likely came before the NWSL championship. Did Rory decide to resign because the Washington Post reached out to the team and said, "Hey, do you have a comment about this?" Yeah. So I, it, it I, like you said, it's hard to peg anything on the new owners. They just joined the team this year. It's hard to know. Um, you're not going to buy a team and say, hey, just FYI, our coach is a dirtbag. That's not something that comes and up. I'm, and I'm actively covering it up. I'm, Yeah, uh, but the, everything, if you knew about it back then and you were privy to the allegations, and even if U.S. soccer ignored them, um, that just shows how much the league needs to grow. Or hopefully, again, this is just cleansing and getting rid of him and Burke and Ben Steedy right. and Riley. Hopefully this is just the cleansing, getting rid of Baird are all things that'll help the league grow in the future. Um, I don't know, but uh, one part of final thought before we get back to the game. I was just going to say, I think moving forward, I do have very high expectations for the ownership group. Oh, right. Yeah. Within, within like the Red Stars organization and, and every organization within the NFL, again, your NWSL, money. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, w- NWSL, thank That's you. That's all good. I know what you meant. You're putting your money into this. You're an investor into this. That gives you responsibility. I I, I will buy that you maybe didn't. I, I'm, I will potentially buy that you didn't know what was going on previously. Now you know. You're in a position to do something about it. Mm-hmm. You better fucking do something about it. Yeah, the 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 wiggle room is, is over is over. I, I got nothing for you moving forward other than demands that, that now you're accountable. Yeah. You're, you're on the whole league is under the microscope for all the wrong reasons. I did Google the NWSL for you after the first two articles about Sam Lewis. It was all Rory Dames. It was all, there's one from the defector about Trinity Robin, but it was about how does the NWSL, recover so that's what people are talking about and if i put a lot of money into these teams i'm guessing you know sarah probably put in more than our year salary into this team to to invest into it because the numbers are growing it's growing and not just sarah but everybody across the league like everybody on every team has done this um you don't want your money 
going to an organization that's getting this kind of attention. But um, anyway, at the match, speaking of attention, I was in the Chicago supporter section with the five of us uh, after I met Robbie and Derek and Sarah and Felix's and their family. And uh, we sat in the supporter section. Mike Hudson, he's on the show before him and Robbie were both on the show together. Actually, um, he was rooting for the spirit because he can't root for anything Chicago because he's a, he's an MLS uh, MLS. What do you call him? Uh, rough lad. He's an MLS rough lad. So he couldn't root for Chicago because of the crew, which I don't come by. I don't put the red stars and the fire together. They're two very different, very different, very different teams and organizations. Um, well, at this point, which one's better? <laughs> it's trying to yeah. you know, pick your poison. Um, Depends on if you're talking on the pitch or off of it, I guess. But this is during the match. So we did not know anything about the Roy Dames stuff. We didn't know anything about this Washington Post article. So I'm rooting for the – I'm watching the game. And I'm just trying to watch the game. And bless their hearts, whenever Chicago like went down, I would get updates from like, oh, Liverpool's winning. Or, oh, they would joke about this or they joke about that. When I'm watching the game – I don't care about my other, I don't care about other teams that are playing. I don't care that Liverpool's winning. I don't care that this team is doing that. I am so late. Like I'm focused on the game. I'm focused on the match. I have watched many, uh, many a game with you at this point. Um, I (laughs) I can confirm that that is accurate. Yes. I'm not like checking my phone. I'm not checking scores of other things. I'm watching the match in front of me and that's it. And I'm yelling things and I'm yelling a lot. And at this match, towards the end, I did yell a lot. But Mike kept, like, talking about, like, Washington, talking about this, talking about that. And I was, especially when the Red Stars went down, and he celebrated the go-ahead goal, I was so frustrated. I was so angry. And I was just, like, I was stewing. And everybody there in the group could see that I was stewing because I was really quiet. I wasn't saying, and when it's, it's bad when I'm quiet because that means in my head, I'm thinking through all the worst things that I want to say, and I'm not saying it. So after the match is over, Mike said something about, and Mike, I, this is an apology. I'm getting to the apology part. He says about, he cheered for like Washington winning, or he said something to me afterwards about Washington or something like that. And I said, if you have children around, pause the podcast for a second. I told Mike, Mike, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you can bring the kids back in. And I was also like, hey, there's an Uber pickup around here. You can Uber back to Cincinnati. And then I was like, Mike, you're sitting in the middle. I'm not sitting in the middle this time. You're sitting in the middle. And I was so like, I didn't you want to talk to anybody. Sit in the middle and like farted on him the whole ride oh, home. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, I didn't want to say anything to him. I was just angry. Like Robbie texted me, like, "Hey, where did you, did you guys leave yet? We were already on the highway." Like with Chicago losing, I didn't want to see. I didn't look at Washington celebrate. I was like, "We're leaving. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Let's go." And um, like, I still haven't watched the Cubs 2016 final out. I still haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch Washington Spirit celebrate. I'm not going to watch them getting excited. I saw Kelly O'Hara score the winning goal in front of my face. It happened literally in front of my face. And she ran and celebrated in front of me. And I hate it so much. Um, seeing all the cool people, seeing all the friends, that was 
what made the match worth it. That's what made even traveling down and seeing the loss worth it. It was still a good match. I mean, you go into extra time. Chicago has Pew, who gets injured in the first half, can't play. Kiliawad doesn't play at all during the match. The team is hurt with injuries. Danny Colaprico's played injured all season. Vanessa Bernardo goes down in the first half or right at the beginning of the second half against a very good Washington Spirit team. In the, in the preseason, I picked them to win the Shield. I thought they were going to be the best regular season team in the league. So it's not like they came out of nowhere. They weren't any slouches. They were healthy at the right time, and they had great players available at the right time. I think if Watt or Pew is available, we score more than one goal. I think we yeah. score more than one goal. I think, I think maybe if the ref had stepped in too with, with a couple of those. Uh, O'Hara was getting away with a lot of stuff in that match. I, I don't a know that that changes stuff. the outcome, but I kind of would have liked to have seen the ref maybe getting in there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. there's some stuff that was pretty borderline. I think there might could have been a couple yellows thrown about there that uh, could have calmed the game down a little bit in certain. But it's also the championship. You want to let right. them play. You want to let them go forward. So um, the the great thing is was that this was the first NWSL game that Justin ever went to. Ryan ever went to or Mike ever went to. So he took three people to their first NWSL matches, which is pretty cool. I think it's awesome to bring them to an environment like that where it was 10,000 plus in a stadium that holds, I think, like 12,000, 13,000. So it was a pretty it was a pretty fun event. It was loud. It was a lot of excitement. Um, I got over it about a day later or so, but uh, that day I was not very happy. It's not very happy. We talked a lot about Red Stars. We have a lot of stuff we still have to go through. So really quickly, Brian, what's happening with the crew? Well, one major concern that we had for the offseason uh, is the is who was going to be between the pipes. Yeah. Uh, Eloy Room, rumors of were they going to re-sign him? Were they going to, was he going to leave? You know, what was the deal? Came out that uh, Eloy Room will be coming back to the team. Next season, he will be between the pipes. That is a big deal, I think, for the team. Hopefully, he's gotten the damn shot by now. Mm. Um, Hopefully, he's you know just ready to go get his booster. Um, Um, Congratulations, Ezra Hendrickson, too. This wasn't on our thing. Ezra Hendrickson, uh, assistant coach, who has been through the ranks of NW or uh, we talk about NWSL so much. MLS coaching. He finally got his first head coaching gig, even if it with even if it is with the fire. Congratulations, Ezra. He's I was able to do one press conference with him in person. He's a really nice dude. Um, everything that people say about him online, the fact that everyone's saying positives about him just screams about who he is as a person. Yeah. So congratulations on the move to Chicago. And then uh, in another uh, sudsy bit of beer-related news, mm. uh, the Nordeca and the uh, the lovely and always delicious uh, Land Grand Beer Woo-hoo. have announced that they're going to have a partnership for the upcoming season. They're going to be doing some events together, uh, planning a, at least one uh, Nordeca themed beer. Um, so there's a that, FIFA contest on December 11th. I should try to enter. You should. I'll, I'll represent the hashtag BAMFAM and be quickly kicked out of the tournament Very and good. not for losing, but for being belligerent. Anytime I lose the ball, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, just yelling. I just get quiet. Remember, I just get quiet. I stew. I'm a stew. Yeah, I'm a stew. Hey, you can't lose the game if you've broken the controller. 
It's snowing. Cancel the match. This is bullshit. It's in Burnley, damn it. All right. Uh, so that's uh that's all good stuff for the crew. So our crew you know, second in this episode. They're, uh, <laughs> they're off right now. I don't really care who's in the playoffs. I have no idea who's even left. No. I don't care. I'm I'm not an MLS. I'm an NWSL fan. I'm not an MLS fan. I'm a crew fan. Are you gonna jump ship to Charlotte? No. You're not? That's not the plan. Not as of right now. Okay. No. Me and, it, me and Elijah are playing the backup Bryant. Me and uh Bryant, uh Brian Elijah, we're planning on coming down to Charlotte next year when the crew come to town. FYI. I I what I've kind of decided is is I plan to treat Charlotte kind of like you treat uh the blue jackets. Right? Like okay. they could they could be a second team. Okay. You know, for those that don't know for the NHL, you're a San Jose Sharks fan first. I'm foremost. going to Sunday. I got my teal ready. I got my green um, ready. But when they're not playing the the Blue Jackets, you'll watch the Blue Jackets. You'll you, you've gone to Blue. We've gone to Blue Jackets games together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll follow the Blue Jackets a little bit. Have no issues with them. If they play each other, you're rooting for San Jose. Right. So I, I'm I'm kind of viewing myself uh, treating them kind of like that. Like I'll be a crew fan first and foremost. If they're not playing each other, if the results against each other don't really matter got no issues with charlotte it's a local team go support them support my local community it's a good excuse to go watch live soccer yeah let's do these ask bams we got a lot of them so as you guys know we are a lifestyle brand here at brian we're a soccer pod we're a soccer pod but you know we we our intro that we've been we've been using for years is we talk about soccer and other things other podcasty things i've heard that before and you guys did not disappoint us this week. No. Um, there's a ton of questions, not soccer related. And not from uh, Frank either. We had non-Frank related questions. Frank did did give us a couple non-soccer questions that we can jump on real quick. But I feel like we kind of addressed most of his questions of soccer related during our discussion on the Red Stars. But we'll just say we got all of them. We'll just say we got all of them. And by the way, if we're only talking about Rory's team on the field, we would not have fired Rory just for on the field, Frank, by the way. But now knowing the off-field stuff, never touch the field again. But if we're only talking about on the field, you were not right about Rory out. You were, you were talking about on the field. You, anyway, you that's were, all I'm going to say about that. You were, you were lucky. Um, and they will hire a GM. I don't think they're going to hire a coach who does both. I think they're going to yeah, hire a GM and I, a coach. I think they've learned how quickly that can be abused. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Frank, we'll jump on his questions real quick. Um, he did ask a couple, um, your top five and didn't have to be five. Cause we're, you know, we've gone long already. Some of your favorite good, bad. No, she's never said that. I promise you. Um, wow. Your, wow. your favorite, uh, he said top five best worst movies. So movies, um kind of so bad they're good movies that you movies that you know are bad but you enjoy them i need you to go first so i can get some ideas and this is going to be like last time where i just end up saying steal so go ahead and tell Um, me what you well two of so first off the first things popped in my head the 90s batman movies but not the tim burton ones Oh, the ones with Mister with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Batman and Robin, and mm-hmm. uh, Batman Forever. So once once Tim Burton had stepped away, because 
Batman and Batman Returns are legitimately, for what they are, good movies. Um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are cheesy and corny and way over the top. Um, but I love them. The, I, I understand that they're terrible. The bat suit probably shouldn't have nipples. Um, but George Clooney. It's they're so much fun. I mean, the one of my favorite things to cheer me up on um, YouTube when I'm having a bad day is to just watch Arnold Schwarzenegger's ice puns as Mr. Freeze <laughs> and Batman and Robin. Oh it's, God. Um, <sighs> another one that jumped immediately to my mind. Cause to me, the best bad movies are action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Swayze's roadhouse is it's pretty objectively terrible, but man, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, um, I can only think of like, the mighty ducks sequel d2 the mighty ducks are back d2 is d2 is fun that's not a it's not a good movie it's a very the the editing is really rushed the it's not a great movie by any means i think that's i i really like that movie i can't think of any other bad good movies i watch because i feel like all the movies i watch are good but i know that there are some there are like really you like that i can't think of any other movie that's a bad good movie that i watch I'll throw out a couple more um, in the genre specifically of, I would argue one of the best, so bad he's good actors, Nicolas Cage. Um, Okay. We got Face Off. Face Off is great. Gone in 60 seconds. (laughs) Gone in 60 seconds. Let's go. Triple X. Triple X with Vin Diesel. Triple X, Vin Diesel. That's a fun one. That's a good one. Um, Is Fast and the Furious, is that considered a bad, good movie? I would say uh, the sequels specifically are. I don't remember. I remember the second one had Ludacris in it. The first Lud- one. Ludacris continued because I've seen all of them. The first one's the only one that I've seen multiple times. The second one I saw once. Tokyo Drift. I, after the second one, I've not seen a single Fast and Furious since the second one. I've seen all of them. All Jesus of them are terrible. Oh and all God. of them are fun. I think they're. Oh. I think they're perfect for that category. Um, but in my opinion, my favorite so bad it's good movie, also starring Nicolas Cage, Con Air. Con Air, Nicolas Cage with that terrible Alabama accent, the over the top rest of the cast with like Steve Buscemi and uh, you know you got Vin uh, Rames, Ving Rames, Bubba yeah. Gump, um, you got John Malkovich as Brad the villain, Gumbo Shrimp. Gumbo. Um, John Malkovich is Cyrus the Virus. Oh my Danny, gosh. Danny Trejo, who's fantastic in everything. Just so, such a terrible movie, but I love every minute of it. Anytime I see it on, I'm watching it. Okay, last one I'm going to share. This is a movie that's, they made it like they're trying to be a bad, good movie. So it was an attempt to be a bad, good movie. Is the movie Hot Rod? I knew you were going there. Okay. Hot Rod. It's not a bad, it's a good movie. Like it is like, I, I don't remember being advertised. I don't remember a lot of fanfare around it. I feel like it's not even to like cult levels, like a small group of people really love it. I bought it for like two bucks at a video store closing. They used to have video stores, kids. Gianna, this is for you. They used to have video stores where you actually go and you get a video off the shelf and you could rent them for a few bucks and then you bring them back if you don't bring them back they charge you that was probably when you were like 14 they closed them them, they would charge i worked at a video store we had to rewind vhs that tells you how old i am 
um pre-dvd if you didn't bring the the vhs back rewound mm -hmm. they charge you i think a quarter so it depends on i worked at hollywood video i forget how much we charge you or if we did it all i don't think i i don't think i charge anybody for it but um hot rod i bought it for like two bucks it is a bad comedy but they're trying to be bad and it, it has it has billy ha bill Hader, it has danny mcbride it has andy samberg uh, Jennifer Fisher's in it. Um, not Jenna Fisher. That's I always get them confused. Uh, Jenna Fisher's from The Office, right? Yes. Who's the Who's the Australian woman uh, who's in Wedding Crashers and Hot Rod? Um, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. God, I knew I was half right. Mm -hmm. Isla Fisher's in it. Will Arnett's in it even a little bit. It is a like uh, it is a genuinely funny funny movie. And I, I would have never seen it if I didn't buy it at the video store for like two bucks. It's even my wife, who hates most of the things that I love, likes that movie. And she will from time to time say, let's watch Hot Rod. It's if you haven't seen it, it's not a bad, it, it, it's an attempt to be a bad, good movie, but it ends up being just a timeless classic. They made it in the 2000s, but they also tried to make it like a 70s, 80s movie at the same time. So um, it, it has a lot of great comedy people. Go watch it. Next one. You can only have one sandwich for the rest of your life. What are you choosing? You have to pick a specific sandwich. Mine's the Reuben. What are you picking? Do we consider a hamburger a sandwich? No, it's a hamburger. That's Hamburger's a hamburger. Question. Okay. Just making sure. Because if it's a hamburger, if, if we are, then I'm, it's going to be a hamburger. I'm picking a cheeseburger. Right. If I have to pick. Yeah. yeah. But a burger is a burger. A sandwich is sli <laughs> thinner sliced meat. Yeah. Not chunks of meat. He he picks. A, Frank asked this question. He took the Cuban sandwich. That's a pretty tough one to choose against. I would choose the Reuben though as well. I love okay. me. I love a good Reuben. All right. What's next? Oh, what what's the best pizza topping and why is it pineapple? It's not pineapple. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Tyler's concussed from a sporting event. So I think this is, this is an overflow from Instagram. We got this on Twitter at MR Tyler F who is a capo in the Nordic and also writes for massive report. Um, he messaged me on Instagram and he was concussed. And then he said something about pizza, pineapple on pizza. And I was like, dude, I think that's a symptom of a concussion that you like pineapple on pizza. Um, it's not the best pizza topping is pepperoni. It's yeah. classic. It's timeless. Come on, get out of it's, here. It's a classic for a reason. Right. All right. Um, Mike, the aforementioned Mike Hudson, Mike Slutson. <laughs> um, he Boy wanted told us, to F himself. He wanted us to talk about facial hair, other kinds of hair, the kind you use to make clothing and voodoo dolls. I don't know what hair he's using to make clothing, but I, I sat way too close to him driving to the NWSL championship. I'm pro facial hair. I think I'm actually growing the beard back out. Do it. I should. Uh, yeah, I always have facial hair. I'm a facial You're hair guy. Facial. Um, one from earlier in the day, too. Our uh, our buddy Alex Dumas or Dumas. Du, Dumas. 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 Um, <laughs> he said they forgot to put uh, Emily Fox on the website roster for the U.S. Women's National Team. That's just silly. They shouldn't have that's, done that. Emily Fox it. is great. If Trinity Rodman wasn't drafted, if she wasn't playing the NWSL, Emily Fox would have been the rookie of the year. What do you got next? You need to watch Wayne's World, actually. Jeez. Um, 
we have favorite Christmas movies. That's a topic I want to I want to have some time to elaborate on more because I feel okay. like that's a that can be a whole segment in and of itself. That's from Felix. We'll hold off. Yeah. yeah, we've got some time um, between now and Christmas to uh, circle back to that. Someone asked for underrated or not well known shows on on Netflix. I'm really bad at watching TV in general. I've got a long list of stuff I still need to watch. Um, you told me you're. I still owe you a Ted Lasso. That's on um, Apple TV, Apple Plus, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so I got a couple from Jordan Keebs. Okay. Jordan Keebs. Uh, she was on our show before. She wrote for um, Lever- about Liverpool women specifically. She has some pretty awesome articles about them. Awesome meaning it's really sad. But uh, she talked about a show called Gentified, which is a show about a Mexican-American family in L.A. that owns a taqueria. And uh, a very Hispanic neighborhood that's fighting off gentrification. So it sounds like, um, what's the show on Showtime with, uh, God, what's his name? William H. Macy. Where they live in like shameless, shameless. shameless. They're like fighting off gentrification, but that's like a whole white family. This is a show called uh, Gentrified, where it's a family in L.A. fighting off gentrification. So that sounds good. She also told me one day at a time. So I've not watched either of those on Netflix. I'm going to add them to my queue. I'm going to watch those. Um, so those are things. And that was from Homer, who asked that question. Um, watch, watch Squid Game if you haven't yet. It's amazing. I'm probably not going to watch that. That's really good. Um, this one I was curious about. Um, so um, okay, I George, kind of... call you George. Curious George over here. <laughs> Where's the man in the yellow hat? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, so we're gonna combine. Uh, we're gonna combine two questions here. So uh, we were asked to talk about the OSU game. Yeah, I was there Saturday night, um, facing off against a rival, and the uh, OSU women's basketball. They beat Cincinnati pretty convincingly. It was an awesome game. I was there covering it from Beyond Women's Sports asked all the players some questions. Um, uh, Rebecca Mikulasakova had her best game with 19 points. Um, she shot seven for eight from the field. I got to interview her after the match or after the game. Uh, yeah, that was the only OSU game I saw on Saturday. So it was a, it was a pretty good one. Brian, what do you got on it? Um, I assume they're asking about the football game. Didn't oh, watch it. the football didn't, game. Oh, didn't watch the basketball it. Game. But... It broke my heart. I will say it broke my heart to see him lose to Michigan. Um, Yeah, couldn't care less. Um, And then someone asked uh, about you being best friends with Brutus Buckeye. (sighs) I was covering a mat. I was covering a basketball game because I cover OSU women's basketball. Since soccer's over, I'm I'm decide I'm jumping all in. I'm all in on OSU women's basketball, and it's not because I'm a fan. I know a lot of folks cover a team because they're a fan of the team. I am legitimately covering the Buckeyes because I don't have any dog in the fight. I do not care if the Buckeyes win or lose. I'm covering it as a legitimate. Top, I want to be a top journalist. Top 25 ranked. Uh, yeah, number 18. They moved up four spots. Team there, yeah. But they've had a really, really easy non-conference schedule. It's going to be tough um, when they play Purdue on Sunday. It's going to be a good one. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to. Once the Big Ten schedule starts, I don't think I'm missing any Big Ten games in person. Um, but yeah, it's it's just fun covering. I, I grew up basketball was like my first sporting love. I, I love basketball so much, and I'm finally I'm getting back to kind of like the WNBA season. I talked about this before. Kind of got me back into 
my roots as a as a basketball fan and just seeing Ohio State so local and so close and I get to go to the matches and I get, I keep saying matches because I'm so much into soccer. Uh, I get to go to all the games. Um, I have a media pass all season. Um, talk to the coaches, the coach, the players after the game. It's just, you know, a, another way for me to see what I like to do in the world of writing. So um, I've just been enjoying it and I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not rooting for them to win or for them to lose. I'm legitimately just sharing what happens. So I'm not covering them because I like them. I'm covering them because I like the sport and I like writing. So, And then, so you're now friends with Brutus Bucca? Okay, back to the original question, I guess. Um, at one of the games I was covering, Brutus came up to the media area and sat at one of the media tables. And he sat there and he acted like he was typing on a fake keyboard. Brutus is a good mascot. Whoever whoever's inside of the Brutus mascot costume does an, does an awesome job. Football of- games, basketball games, hockey games. I've seen I've seen Brutus at a lot of different sporting events. Always brings top top notch content. One of one of my favorite college sports mascots. He's not quite on the level of the Stanford tree. Um, that just the, stands there, doesn't do anything, just shakes the, a little bit. The Syracuse Orange oh. is is an all timer. If you don't know, this one's a little more obscure, but the Western Kentucky Hilltopper. I do not know that one. It kind of looks like um, the big red Martian thing from Bugs Bunny. Oh, the big, the furry thing? Yes, but oh. if it was like a Muppet. Oh, wow. Okay. It's it's pretty sweet. Um, but no, Brutus is, Brutus is up there. Brutus is all right in my book. Mm-hmm. So that is all of the questions that I wrote down. So I believe that is everything. I think that's Did I miss it. any? We had a lot of questions. Um, Frank, we got, the, we're just going to say we got through all of yours. But I think we might have missed some of them. And we sprinkled a few of them throughout the episode. So, um, no, I think that's it. Why don't you go ahead and um, we've we've bothered the people long enough. Go ahead and bring us home. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for listening, as always. We really appreciate that. Um, you can interact with us on the social medias. We're on Twitter at Bryant and me. Uh, you can follow Thomas on Twitter at one Thomas Costello. Read all the fantastic things the aforementioned writing that he's doing covering uh, Ohio State women's basketball, along with other cool things for uh, Beyond Women's Sports. Let's go. Massive report when uh, the crew come back into town, things like that. Yeah. Um, you can follow us I've as got well. Decisions to make in my writing. I got some. Dis- I need to be more focused in 2022. So you might see some things fall to the wayside, but that means I can just focus on something certain. Uh, a little bit more than I sounds like before. you may have picked out your word of the year already for 2022. Focus is my word of the year for 2022. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you can interact with us. Save on- some of this content for next year. Seriously. Jeez, man. Jeez, man. Don't give it away. No one's listening. It's all good. <laughs> That's fair. Um, we're on Instagram at Bryant and me. Thomas is also on Instagram at one Thomas Costello. Woo. I am at pickle chip. Replace the eyes with ones. And you can see, I don't know, all the stupid stuff that I post. Mostly it's beer or pictures of my cat. Um, you can uh, please share the pod with your friends, your family, please. your coworkers, uh, your enemies. It's a good punishment um, to your enemies. Uh, random people that you meet on the street as we head into the holidays. If you need to get rid of people, 
um if you know some of your family members have kind of overstayed their welcome full blast just start playing the podcast i promise you they'll leave um i gotta go it seems a, <laughs> it sounds very white dude in here i gotta get out of here um speaking of the holidays again please take care of your mental health through this time mm-hmm. of year it's time of year when a lot of people really struggle because of you know distance from family or memories from memories of you know kind of the holidays having lost family members and such mm. please reach out to your friends and family and other folks make sure they're doing okay be the one to reach out don't wait for them to reach out that's a very difficult thing to ask for help when you need it if you are in that position i know i just said it's really hard but please reach out to someone um if it is you know if you have the access can afford it please speak to someone professionally um you know worst case please speak with you know a friend a family member someone you trust a uh, trusted religious leader whomever that person is please reach out talking through things absolutely 100 percent helps um other than that guys we love every single one of you we hope you enjoyed your thanksgiving mm-hmm. hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday season as well we will see you next week adios Thank <laughs> you.